Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast today is Lauren Peterson. And Lauren is an entrepreneur, personal development junkie, philanthropist, and money mindset coach. Lauren's mission is to drastically impact the lives of 1 million people. And she's doing this through coaching and guiding a global empowerment of women to live their fullest lives and ultimately change the world. She really believes that her purpose is to help create conscious entrepreneurs by helping women discover their purpose, define their values, and align with a cause that's greater than themselves. Before we jumped in to talking about the three pillars that Lauren works with, and that's change your mindset, change your money, and change the world, I really wanted to talk to her about where it all began. We had such a fun and amazing conversation, and I know you guys are going to love it, and we talked all about Lauren's personal development journey the role of self-love in her life, and what it's been like developing a relationship with herself and standing on her own two feet. We also talked about her spiritual and self-care practice, the role that depression has played in her life, changing our mindset and our language around money, and so much more. Lauren really shares so much of herself in today's episode and I so enjoyed connecting with her and learning about her journey. You know, she's really empowered herself and now she's helping other women to do the same and it was so cool to hear her talk about her journey and how she really got to where she is today and she shares this story about how she jumped out of a plane last year. Yes, literally jumped out of a plane, so make sure you listen to this episode all the way through to the end to hear that story um, and my reaction. Honestly, guys, like Lauren is incredible. Also, Lauren recently started the Women of Impact Facebook group, which I am a member of and I'm loving it. I love the connections that are being made and the advice and the feedback and the tips that are going around. So If that feels good to you and something that you'd want to be a part of, I highly encourage you to check it out. And all of the information for the Women of Impact Facebook group and where you can find Lauren is all in the show notes uh, for today's episode. So make sure you check that out. And as always, you can find our show notes by going to seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes and everything you need is right there. Okay, just a couple of quick announcements before we dive in to today's episode. First of all, we are gearing up for the fourth episode in the power of storytelling, and I have been blown away by the feedback to this series and to all of you who have already been part of it and who have shared your story, and I would love for anyone out there that's listening who wants to be part of it to be part of it. So head over to our website and click on the share your story tab. Um, On that page, you can fill out our interest form and I will get back to you ASAP. And as always, feel free to reach out if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Um, I would just love for you guys to be part of this new series. Okay, my second announcement is thank you so much as always to everyone who has rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple iTunes. Ratings and reviews help us get seen by new people and other podcasts and 
on another note, I really just enjoy reading and hearing and seeing uh, what you guys think about the podcast. So if you feel so inspired to leave us a rating and review on Apple iTunes, make sure you send a screenshot of that review to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com and I will send you my guide for infusing more joy into your life as well as a couple of limited edition Seek the Joy podcast stickers. I don't know, I'm currently scrolling through the reviews uh, that have been left for Seek the Joy podcast and you guys just continuously blow me away between the reviews and the emails and the messages that I get on Instagram every single week. Thank you so much for always sharing with me what Seek the Joy podcast has meant to you and the kind of impact that it's had on your life. I've had the opportunity recently to reflect on the last six months and why I'm doing this and why I started it and the kind of impact that it's had on my life. And every time someone asks me that, I always come back to, well, I get to see the impact that it has on someone else's life. And so I'm just really touched and uh, feel really grateful and honored to be able to do this So thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this. I would love to know what you think about the podcast. So if you feel so inspired to send in a review or send me an email or whatever that looks like, um, I would be so grateful. Okay, guys, that's it. I promise. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Lauren. Sydney. I'm really excited that you had me on. Um, so I love when people ask me this question. I like to tell people I'm a slasher. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible that when, sounds, you, when you hear it out loud. That sounds like really <laughs> no, great. Like, like, like I'm like murdery. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a murderer. I promise you. Um, no. So hear, hear me out. So I'm a slasher. I'm an entrepreneur slash philanthropist slash personal development junkie. Uh, so that's where the slasher comes okay, in. It makes people more have sense. multiple different outlets. Yeah. <laughs> um, but most importantly, I like to say that I'm an inspira- inspirational leader. So I coach and comfort um, and guide a global empowerment of women to ultimately live their fullest life and change the world. Whoa. It, it sounds crazy when you say it out loud, <laughs> but it's never really easy when I answer that question at, a, at a, like a cocktail party. I usually just p- tell people, I'm like, I'm in marketing. <laughs> it's easier for people to digest. It's not, and it's not untrue. I, I do also own a marketing agency called Align, so it's not entirely false. Um, and then calling myself a life coach is really it's super unsexy. Like it's not a sexy term. I'm a life coach. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately now that I've blabbed on for 10 minutes, um, I work with young females, primarily millennials. So to overcome their internal hurdles and then master their mindset and then get in touch with who they are as a person. So then they come to the realization about what they really want out of life. And then we work with their money mindset to sort of craft that stability Mm -hmm. on where they can go and ultimately just really conquer their dreams and what they want out of life. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love it. Well, thank you for the explanation <laughs> of You're what welcome. being a slasher means. I had this like <laughs> horror movie, like <laughs> thing image in my mind, but okay. So when did and I'm you- I'm sitting here with like a side pony right now. Like I'm the mass murderer with a side pony. <laughs> it's perfect. It, listen, no one would expect it, but so when did you first- step into doing, I guess, all of these different things, personal development, life coach, money mindset, um, even marketing. How, when did that really start? 
Oh, so it's a big long story, but I say that the whole life coach personal development thing, I really started on my personal development journey. I mean, really my entire life, but I really dove deep about a year ago mm-hmm. and I sort of was doing it on the side. So like anyone's, you know, dreams, you're not really sure. You kind of like dabble here and there. I created a website. I started doing a blog um, and people started following me on Instagram and I would get direct messages like, oh, you're so inspirational. Like, how do I become positive or how do I just live a happy life? And like, really, that just hits you in your core. Like when someone tells you, like, how can I be happy? I mean, I have the chills just thinking about it. Um, That's when I knew I had something here. Like it wasn't just me trying to find happiness. It's an epidemic of like unhappy women in the world. I say women because I I work with primarily women. Um, mm-hmm. Men, you can be unhappy too. It's okay. <laughs> no. no, but I think that's but, a good point too. I mean, it it's really, I think, chronic with, oh, I just dropped my pen. I think it's really chronic with men <laughs> and women, but I love mm-hmm. that your work really focuses on women. Um, yeah. Well, you also have to pick a niche. Yeah. And also sharing your own story and then making it, yeah. I think it makes it very relatable for a lot of, mm-hmm. of people, especially women who, who can identify or see themselves sort of in the journey that you've been on. So can we talk about maybe a little bit of your personal development journey and just kind of stepping into that happiness? Um, because I think right now, I mean, especially I'm reflecting on my own, my own life and Mm -hmm. my own journey where I'm at, I think it ebbs and flows, but I think we can Mm -hmm. eventually get to a space where we feel those happy, positive emotions maybe more often than the negative ones. So I'd love to hear what your journey with that has been like. No, of course. And I just have to say that, like, I'm not happy all the time. Like, yeah. People think they're like, oh, my gosh, you're a personal development coach. Like, you're happy all the time. That's not the way life works. Like, I, 100% I, I mean, agree. I had a I had a, a really bad day on Monday and you have to you have to take those negative experiences and to appreciate the good ones. Like you need that contrast in your life. So I just wanted to start off by saying that, that yeah. it's not like happiness and butterflies and me just like loving everyone all the time. If you hear people that say that, be very cautious of that. Yeah, I, I think it's impossible to be happy all the time, you know, but I think yeah. it's possible to figure out a way to like accept and honor those negative emotions that you're kind of dealing mm-hmm. with and then be able to sort of move past it, you know, because yeah. if you sit with it too long. So I agree. I mean, I'm not happy all the time. I have a podcast about seeking joy, but I spend most of the time seeking that joy as opposed to maybe yeah. being in it all the time. And so I think that's really important, you know, to share that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree very much. So, um, so back to your question about my journey. Yes. Um, so I have struggled with depression my entire life. It actually runs in my family. My uh, uncle suffers from depression. He's an alcoholic. And my grandmother, who passed away uh, a year ago, actually, last week, um, suffered severely with depression. So um, I always knew it was very prevalent in my family. My parents and my sister, how- however, did um, are not susceptible to it. So I like to say that it's hard when you start to talk about depression because a lot of people don't really know how to react to it. Mm -hmm. Um, People say that like, Oh, it's, you know, you you can change these things. And I just don't believe that. I truly believe that it's, that it's most likely genetic. I, but it's, yeah, you can contain it. You know, you can put things in place in your life to, to change the way um, you 
you handle that depression. Um, so I grew up most of my life. Um, if you knew me as a kid, I was very, very happy as a baby. I was super happy. We're not going to go far that far back, but <laughs> <laughs> I was always known as just a very, very happy person on the outside, on the inside. I struggled with just so many internal obstacles. I was a perfectionist. I always needed to make sure that everything I did was perfect to a T. And I never really felt like I fit in, even with my friends. Like I didn't feel like I could be open and honest with them about what I was going through, which is, it makes me really sad to sort of think back about how unhappy I was as a kid. Like, oh God, I'm going to probably cry on this podcast. It's okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel that that any child should ever go through that. But um, I was always very smart and very mature for my age. So I was always really looking for how I can improve myself. Like I knew this wasn't how I was supposed to live. I knew I wasn't, you weren't supposed to be unhappy all the time, but I didn't know how to go about finding those things. So like when the internet came about, oh my gosh, it changed my world. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I went to college and I actually studied psychology for that reason, um, because I wanted to really understand what I went through and, and how to fix it. So um, after college I, or in college, I was going to get my master's and decided that wasn't that wasn't really the right route for me. I loved the work that I did, but I hate being in a lab. I don't know if you've ever been in a lab before, but it's yeah, like it's not for me it's either. in a research, a research yeah. facility. It's like, it's a two by four room that you sit in all day. And I was like, this is not for me. I like working with people. It's not going to happen. So um, basically after college, I ended up getting in the fashion industry. I feel like I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but I promise you that it'll be worth it. No, it's, <laughs> it's so interesting to hear about your journey and your story. So there's no yeah. tangent, you know, there's only okay. one path. You got it. <laughs> So after college, I got in the fashion industry because my mother was actually a fashion designer, ended up working in fashion PR and hated it. And I was like, what am I supposed to do now? So now, you know, I'm still sort of on the side. I was reading about nutrition. I was reading about personal development books. Um, but I had these so many other interests and I just didn't know where I was supposed to land. Like, I know that there was a greater purpose to my life, but I didn't know where that fit. All in all, the whole time I knew that I was meant to become an entrepreneur. I said it from day one. I was like, I'm going to own my own business one day. But I thought, you know, maybe like I'll get in the fashion industry and start a clothing line, or maybe I'll open up a flower shop, yada, yada. Then after I left the fashion industry, I thought I was going to open a restaurant. So being that I never worked in a restaurant before I got into that <laughs> and basically worked my way up from a hostess and ended up running the hospitality group within four years. So that was really exciting and a, and a very um, important time period of my life because I learned leadership. I learned how to manage a, a team of like a hundred people, which was fascinating. Um, and I learned how to deal with stress, but I still knew I was like running a restaurant in this industry is not for me. Um, and, and I, I then ended up getting into, uh, food and hospitality PR. And while I loved what I did telling people's stories and the creative aspect of it, and I really did love marketing, I just didn't like working for someone else. So when my grandmother became ill, um, we spent a whole year talking about how depression really affected her life. And, the last thing that she said to me, um, excuse me, um, the last time I saw her a month before she passed, 
she said she had her biggest regret in life was that she didn't live a happy life. And excuse me. And I just knew in that moment that I was like, no one should ever, ever, um, ever say that on their deathbed. And um, that was really my driving force to really find my happiness and to inspire happiness within others. Um, and so after that, I, I quit my job and just started doing what I'm doing now full time. <laughs> Woo, waterworks. <laughs> no, oh my God, I love this story. I love how the inspiration really came from someone who is so close to you and means so much to you yeah. because I'm confident that, you know, even if she's not here with you physically, she's still with you mm-hmm. um, all oh, the yeah. time in spirit. I'm, I'm sure you, you feel that way. And uh, what, a, I yeah. don't know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of soaking it all in. So oh. <laughs> now with everything that you've been doing and the mm-hmm. inspiration coming from your grandma and yeah. is there a, an aspect of your work that you feel has really impacted you the most or that you enjoy, enjoy the most? Yeah. I, I can't really pinpoint it to one. I think, um, I, so I do basically my body work is three things. We, we tackle mindset, which is, um, extremely important. I talk about meditation and really going over your internal obstacles, which is how I sort of came overcame my, my depression in my life. Um, because I, I believe, you know, your beliefs and your thought really guide everything in your life in the beginning of my personal development journey. So great. I, I started meditating more. I, you know, I had the self-confidence in myself. I, I saw these dreams that I wanted to accomplish, but I, you know, I'm very practical. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very grounded person. I'm not this like airy personality where I, I just go out and take risks willy nilly. Yeah. So the practical side of me was like, okay, cool. Now I have a dream and what I want to accomplish, but at the end of the day, I need to pay bills. <laughs> and I realized that I d- never really had a very financial found like foundation set up and no one in my life had taught me about it. And I noticed it was a common thread with the females in my life that they, oh, we didn't talk about money. I don't know about money. I, I, I don't know how to manage it. I just don't really think about it. And, and I was like, whoa, this is an issue that we need to tackle. Like, yeah, it's great that you master your mindset and your beliefs, but where is that going to take you if, if you don't have the money to back it up? Like I want everyone to accomplish their dream in life, whether it's start a business or run a company and ultimately change the world and give back. And I'll get to that point as well. But I noticed that these women really needed a financial, excuse me, foundation um, to support their life. And I didn't want them to rely on anyone else for the support. So that comes into the whole female empowerment thing. So along those lines, in terms of the money mindset, um, because I do think that's something that a lot of us, especially um, our generation is, is Mm -hmm. dealing with or learning about. And um, a lot of it obviously has to do with our parents, you know, financial um, stories or their experiences Mm -hmm. handling money. And um, I've read different places, you know, there's sort of like that imprint in a way, Mm -hmm. Um, you sort of learn those stories or kind of those stories become ingrained um, in terms of money and with other things too. 
So along those lines, because obviously, you know, what you teach comes from your own experiences. How were you able to shift your own money mindset um, so that you were able to give yourself that kind of strong foundation? Yeah. Um, So I knew nothing about money mindset until I came across Leanne Jacobs, who's amazing. I love her so much. Leanne, if you're listening to this, here's my holler. Mm. (laughs) She was the one who taught me that you can make money and you at the end of the day, you don't have to be an ass about it. Like I had this belief that people who made money were bad people. I mean, it's crazy now to think about it. So when I learned about what your money story is, which for anyone who doesn't know that, it's basically how you think and react and communicate about your money. Um, and it stems from it stems from birth. So if you were raised by parents, it's the what your parents have taught you about money. So my parents, um, they grew up poor and so they always taught me lauren you need to save that money doesn't grow on trees you will never have enough money that you ever that you will need in life you have to work very hard and save 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 my mother bless her heart she is a coupon for everything and still to this day my parents always valued money over time um which was when i really dug into my past and what they taught me about money I realized that time is your greatest asset and and I had to come overcome that hurdle that I that I was worthy of money. I also like I mentioned earlier when someone talked about wealth. So if you say like if I ask a question, um, you know, a billionaire, like how do you feel about someone who's a billionaire? And I immediately the first word I would think of was oh, well, he's a bad person. Hmm. And that shocked me. I went when someone asked me that question, I'm like, why do I think that? So it was a lot of internal work that I had to do to really understand that, you know, you can make money and be a good person. And when I started volunteering and giving back and valuing my time over money, I noticed that I loved making money so I could give it back to the world. And that was my whole driving force. I wanted to be able to support my parents. You know, one day I want to be able to buy them a house and take them on a nice vacation because they work so hard and I love them so much. And I want to be able to start a foundation and, and, you know, donate my money to a good cause. So that was the work that I had to do um, when it came to my money story. And uh, it's what I work with women today to really develop like a healthy relationship with, with their money. Okay. That's amazing (laughs) because you really do have to shift that relationship. And so for someone who's interested in doing that, what would be your biggest, biggest tip? Oh, okay. So I love this question. (laughs) Every cocktail party, they ask me this question. I'm like, yes, Hmm. you can pay me. And then we'll dive into this deeper (laughs) now. Biggest tip. So you have to start with your first memory um, around money. Um, so for example, my first memory and Hey Leah, I hope you're listening to this. That's my lovely sister. Hmm. Um, I took money from my sister at a young age. Like my sister was given money for a birthday and I wanted, I can't even tell you what I wanted to buy. I think it was like a stick of gum. And my mom was like, we don't have the money for that. You can't afford it. So my first reaction as a child was, let me take it for my sister. Like, And that's terrible when you think about it, because I I, I didn't consider myself a thief or a bad person. But as a child, I I it was so ingrained in me that I was never going to have enough money that I might as well just take it from somebody else. Mm -hmm. It pains me to even 
listen to myself say that, but I had to really overcome that belief um, that I was worthy to make money. And um, so, yeah, so really thinking about your first story around money and then sort of write down, um, you know, when you think about a wealthy person, how do you feel? It's all about how you feel when it comes to money. Um, if you if you think about a poor person, how do you feel? And you'll start to see your trend and how you speak around money. Also, something like listen when you're when you're outside and talking about money, like um, if you want to buy an expensive dress. Do you say to yourself, oh, I can't afford that? Or do you say, you know what? I can't afford it, but it's not it's not something I need to purchase right now. So listen to the way you speak around money in an outside setting and you'll start to notice you'll start to notice some trends. You need to make sure that you're always speaking positive around it. Also, things like are you respecting money? If I haven't mentioned earlier, I used to live in New York City, just recently moved to California. But in New York, there's money everywhere on the ground, everywhere. And people never pick it up. Like if I see a penny on the ground, as gross as it is in a New York City subway, I pick it up. Money is money, whether it's a penny or a million dollars. So you have to respect it. Um, and also make sure that you're circulating that money within the universe. I know I'm going to get a little woo-woo on everyone. But the more you give, the more you receive is a huge component of the work that I do. So a lot of people feel like they're never going to have enough money, so they cultivate it and they hoard it and they, you know, they don't give it away because they're like, oh, no, I, I have to pay rent next month, which is important. I'm not saying don't pay rent. But I truly believe the more you circulate money in the world, the more you will receive. So those are just some tips. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Especially the aspect too about energy because, you know, what, mm. you, what you give, you really can get back in return. And I love yes. the idea of not being afraid maybe to to give some of your money away to a charity or someone in need or um, whatever feels good to you in that moment. I love the tips that you gave um, because I was Thank thinking you. about my own story as you were talking mm -hmm. and answering those yeah, questions. Yeah, I want to hear your story. Oh gosh. Well, my story <laughs> is probably, I will just share, you know, there are a lot of negatives around money and a lot mm -hmm. of fear. And so I really resonate yeah. with your story. I love the work that you do and emphasizing on really shifting that and then, mm -hmm. you know, allowing women and men to really step into that abundance to then give it back, which is another aspect of who you are and your work mm -hmm. is that philanthropy. Um, yeah. I read, I think either was in an Instagram post of yours or maybe it was on your <laughs> website, but and we, we've somewhere. talked a little, it's somewhere in the ethers, <laughs> in I saw this, yeah. but you have done a lot of charity work and I think you talked a lot mm -hmm. about it on the podcast already. Um, what yeah. was that, what have those experiences been like for you? Oh my and goodness. I think this is my true purpose in life. Like uh, the, the first time I really saw true poverty, um, just, I mean, I have goosebumps even talking about it. I was with a group of children and they had nothing. They had no home. They were living in the dirt. They they weren't able, they didn't have food to eat, but they were so happy. Hmm. And I just think that it's so important that we need to realize that it's not the things in our life that bring us happiness. It's it just, it's such a pure form. And, and I believe that each and every one of us are on this earth to be of service to others. I, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go, you know, volunteer in Cambodia, but even just giving back your money, it doesn't have to be your time, but helping someone out on the street, giving a dollar to a homeless man, I think 
that's truly what we're here for, to support and and give back. And uh, I just, I think if we all give a little bit more of our time and our money, we, the world would be just such a better place at the yes. end of the day. Oh, I agree. <laughs> so out of the service trips that you've done so far, is there one that yeah. really stands out to you the most is maybe having, I mean, I'm sure they've all had an impact, um, but maybe just yeah. one that, that really touched you. Yeah. So um, I recently went in December, um, which is probably how I ended up in San Diego uh, with the Greatness Foundation. They We traveled down to Mexico um, with a foundation called Baja Bound. Um, and basically we built a home for a weekend. Um, what was so impactful to me was that these families lived only two hours away from the United States. I mean, it was a two hour drive from us, for us from San Diego. And the amount of poverty that we saw there I mean these kids they needed clothes they they needed to be bathed they had cavities in their teeth they there were dogs that just animals all over the place that were I mean there was dogs eating other dogs it was just it it pains me to talk about it but that trip really changed my life I was like whatever I do for the rest of my life if I can just you know, spend a little bit of my time to build a home for a family of children so they don't have to sleep in the dirt and, you know, they they don't eat dirt in their lungs and they can have a, a clean roof over their head. I mean, it was, I'm trying not to cry. No, it, <laughs> so I'm it's speaking powerful. so slowly, but it was so, yeah, it was so powerful. Um, and I just want others to experience that as well. I think it's just part of this whole happiness and purpose journey. Yeah. If you can see that these people had nothing and they were so happy, we don't need all everything in the world. We just need to make sure that we surround ourselves with people who love us and, you know, do things that make us feel happy and purposeful and, and give back. Well, I don't know if I, I just went on a tangent, but it was a really beautiful trip. Yeah. It sounds and, like it was. And I look forward to, to going back again. It's amazing yeah. how when you sort of step outside of yourself and your daily mm-hmm. routine and what you're used to and accustomed to, you can really gain this new perspective um, yeah. on life and who you are and what it is that you want to do. And um, I just, I love your experience and what you've really gone through to sort of get to, I mm-hmm. guess, this point and just really being able to shift your perspective. And um, I want to go back a little bit to something that you touched on earlier, because I think it really ties yeah. back in um, to perspective and what you've been talking about. I've also been where you are or where you've been mm-hmm. in terms of dealing with depression or anxiety or um, having a family history where, you know, that's very prevalent. And um, I just feel so inspired talking to you and hearing about how you know and you recognize, you know, the role mm-hmm. depression has played in your own life or in your family's mm-hmm. life. And then, you know, still being able to shift your own perspective and really step into who you are and what you're excited about and passionate about and make sure, you know, that you take those chances and move across the country from New York, you know, to San Diego and kind of reflecting maybe for a couple minutes, if you're willing on just what that journey has been like. And even starting off as a kid, um, 
because for me too, you know, I never felt like I fit in, always feel mm-hmm. so different, always super mature for my age. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, wanted to appear happy on the inside, but at home and on the inside, you know, just like a mess, like a total, mm-hmm. total mess. Was Aww. there a moment for you where everything clicked and you realized, I don't want to be that way anymore? Was it really but with your grandma or was there a different moment, um, for you where all this kind of clicked and you decided, um, kind of live life your way and, and on your own terms? Yeah. So, um, it was kind of a combination. It was, it was the passing of my grandmother. Um, she really sparked that fire within me, um, to really sort of dig deeper into meditation. And I started practicing. I've always done yoga. Yoga was very, um, something I started after college because I swam and realized that I had a lot of injuries. So I got in it really for the physical reason. But when I started diving deeper into meditation, I was practicing it daily. And I, and I got into some groups in, in New York and, um, I really started expressing gratitude. And I think that was the biggest shift. So with depression, you tend to focus on all the bad things in your life. You know, maybe you're in a relationship that makes you unhappy. Or I was like, I, I didn't feel like I was where I wanted to be in my life, in my job. Um, I'm a very ambitious person. I think um, a lot of ambitious people struggle with this as well, that where I'm at was never good enough. Mm-hmm. So that shift in expressing daily gratitude was an huge eye opener. Even if it started, it's really at the beginning, it was so silly. So I I would wake up in the morning and I would do a 10 minute meditation. And the first time I started meditating, I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have so many better things I can be doing right now. Like I have an email to do, you know, I need to fix this on my website. I can write a blog post. Like what am I doing? But just sitting and being with yourself really allowed me to sort of see what wasn't important in my life. And so after I would meditate, I learned to, to say three things that I'm grateful for, which again, I was like, okay, this is a waste of my time, Mm -hmm. but I forced myself to do it because some people out there, my meditation teacher was like, you're going to start to see shifts. So I woke up and I was like, well, um, I'm really grateful that my hair looks good this morning, like something really, really <laughs> superficial. And um, uh, I'm really grateful for the bed that I, you know, I have a bed to sleep in and I'm grateful for my family. I have such loving, supportive parents. And then over time, I started to see these shifts that the more I expressed gratitude, the more I was just grateful for everything. I was like, you know, I might have not been happy in my job, but I was so grateful that I had a job. I had a steady stream of income and, and, you know, I might not have been happy that I was living in New York because it was loud and dirty and and the people here, you know, were sort of mean, but I was so grateful that I had this opportunity to have this experience to live here. And my whole mindset changed. It's, it's miraculous when you stop thinking about the negative, all these positive things just started flooding into your life. Um, so that was one aspect. And then when I went on that trip in December, just to see that the, the impact that I could have on these other humans' lives was, I mean, that I can feel it in my gut right now. Like that was my purpose. And I think those three things, um, you know, 
you need to express gratitude, you need to have some sort of purpose and growth. And then at the end of the day, you need to give back. And, and that all three things sort of encompass was, was that gen- that big shift in my life. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love it. I love the evolution of your spiritual practice too, because I think so many of yeah. us start off as, oh my God, this is stupid. What am I doing? Oh, I'm sitting here I don't here think in anyone silence. starts off and they're like, I love this. No, I think... I think it's a real introduction. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the evolution of gratitude um, and the role that it now plays in your life. And I think self-love really plays a role in this too um, because it has a lot to do with the way in which we sort of speak to ourselves. And um, Mm -hmm. that negative self-talk can be so powerful and so strong. And it's, I think, a journey and a process in and of itself to kind of Mm -hmm. shift that and get to a space where you're more loving and kind and compassionate to yourself. When you think of self-love, what comes to mind and and even what has your self-love journey been like? Yeah. Um, I was always the type of person that, you know, I think it's very prevalent within females growing up that a lot of women struggle with body issues. And I trust it's a huge issue. And, you know, I I never wish that upon anyone, but it was something that I never really resonated with. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I don't have any body issues. Like I like the way I look, but I was super insecure when it came to my accomplishments. I, I guess because I'm just such an achiever um, and I just want so much out of my life that that's where my insecurity sort of sat. Um, and at the more I practiced meditation and the more I started to express gratitude, all these things of what I didn't have, you know, oh, you know, maybe I didn't start a company at 21 like everyone else was in the millennial age. So that makes me less of a human, <laughs> like like ridiculous. And now that I hear it, I'm like, you sound ridiculous, Lauren. <laughs> like just that that sort of switching of the mindset really allowed me to love myself. I also sort of realized and, you know, this is just more of a personal thing, but I spoke about it in one of my Instagram posts, <laughs> how cheesy, <laughs> the other day. Um, I always had a man in my life, which I thought was very interesting. And I don't, I'm still, it's something that I'm still sort of working with today. Yeah. But I never really thought that I needed, you know, a boyfriend or a man in my life, but they were always there. So you know, I had my first serious relationship at 16 and then I broke up with that boyfriend. And then at 19, I had another relationship. And then at 21, I had another relationship. And I, and I was never, I thought unintentionally like looking for someone. And then when I got to, you know, my age that I'm at today, I realized that I never really spent time with myself alone. Mm -hmm. And that's an uncomfortable space to be in. And I decided that I was going to take six months of no dating. Like, I was like, at all, if a guy comes up to you in a coffee shop and asks you for a date, you're going to say no. Hmm. And it's been a real miraculous shift in my life when it comes to self-love. I've, I've learned to, to really be comfortable with spending the time alone with myself. I don't, you know, I'm not reaching for a bumble to be like, oh my God, who can I talk to? Or like, who can I text right now? Or who can I call? Especially with this trip and you know, moving across country where you don't know anyone. And normally it would probably be my pattern to sort of go out and, and seek, you know, someone of the opposite sex to talk to. And I am so comfortable with not having a man in my life. And this is the first time in my entire life that I've been able to say that, which 
I think answers your question of self-love. <laughs> yeah, that's, wow. So now, okay. So yeah. are you still in that space now where you're still, like six months. you're still six months or have you extended yeah. it or where are you at with it? No, I'm four months in. Um, I, I wasn't really dating anyone before, but I was, I was going on dates. Yeah. So my last serious relationship ended over a year ago, but I was still sort of dating guys. You know, I, I, meet someone here. Oh, sure. I'll go on a date. I'll meet you for a drink. Yada, yada. And I feel like their time occupied my life and removing that, um, allowed me to really focus inward and, mm-hmm. and see what I truly wanted in life. Like not what me and my partner wanted, what me and myself and what I want and my purpose and what yeah. I'm here on this earth to do. And, and I, and so, yeah, so I've, I've, um, it's been almost actually I think almost five months. Oh, I was like looking at the date. <laughs> Time is flying. Yeah. Oh, I love and that. I think I'll probably extend it. You yeah. know, we'll see. Maybe I'll do it for a year. Um, but it, it, you'd be shocked to hear, you know, how much more time you have on your hands. <laughs> When you're not dating anyone. <laughs> yeah. What do you think you've learned the most about yourself kind of going through this, mm. taking that time to look more inward and, and be with yourself and I think probably get to know yourself a little bit better too. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I learned immediately that when things are bad, I don't want to deal with it. Hmm. That was the first thing that I learned. I, uh, If something happened, like whether it's like, you know, I stubbed my toe and my toe hurts or like, like on Monday, my, my dog got injured. I had to rush her to the ER. And if this was several months ago, I probably would have called someone like, how can you help me? You know, this is bad. I can't deal with this. Let me share it with you. So I, so it can take some of the pain away. And it's, I learned that I, I have the capabilities to sit with myself and deal with it. And that's part of self growth as well. You know, I, I learned that sitting with the negative is okay. And you need to do that to appreciate the, the, the joy in your life. So, and that I had the strength and the capability to do that. I didn't need anyone else. I'm going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And, and I'm going to live. (laughs) So that was, that was the biggest thing that I learned that I had the strength to deal with the hard times. Yeah. I think it's interesting. We kind of become codependent on the different people in our lives without, Mm-hmm. even realizing it. Um, and then when you're really forced to deal with something on your own, I think often we feel like, oh gosh, can we, can I really do this? Can I really handle it? But you, mm-hmm. you don't know unless you put yourself in that position. And it's amazing yeah. what you can prove to yourself along the way. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's been really great. It's still a process. Trust me. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it'd be nice to have someone else. <laughs> but I think it also goes to show, you know, you've got this. Like Lauren, yeah. you got this. I can handle it. Yeah. And um, you know, at some point you may have a co-pilot, right? And somebody who can mm-hmm. help you navigate it, but maybe it's more about learning to navigate it together as opposed to mm-hmm. re- relying on the other person to sort of take charge and, and exactly. take the lead on it. Do you feel more empowered yeah. now since you've been doing this the last five months? Definitely. Yeah. I, I definitely feel more empowered. I always felt like I was a strong person, but I feel even I just I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> Not to like toot my own horn, but I feel really great. I've, I've, it's, um, and it's the first time I've been able to say to my mom when she goes, Lauren, when are you going to get a boyfriend? And I go, I don't know when I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. Right. I mean, yeah. Listen, I think well, that's a lot happens. of societal pressure. Yeah. Cut you off. 
Yeah. No, there's a Especially ton. when you, you start to hit a certain age and people start to get married. Like my friends are getting married now. And I always felt like, oh, okay, like when am I going to meet someone and, and get married? And this is the first time that I can say I'm okay with that not happening. And yeah. I, I believe that it will happen one day, and I, but I'm just not forcing it. That's another thing. It's like I'm not forcing anything in my life which is great. Did you used to worry more about that? Like, when is it going to happen for me? Um, did you used to have like a timeline or a timetable for yourself? Yeah. Um, I never ever expressed this with anyone else, but internally I did. I thought, you know, um, my parents got married very young. Um, they're super cool. Like they're just like the best parents. They love each other. They fight with each other. They bicker. They're great. They've been married for, oh gosh, 30, 35 years. I might've just dated them. Shoot, they're going <laughs> to gonna yell at me. But, but they got married when they were 22 and they had me at 28, which is, you know, quite young and growing up because that's, you know, that's what you're accustomed to. I thought maybe not get married at 22, but maybe, you know, get married at 27. And then I hit that 27 mark and, and you really, it, you, it gives you a point to reflect on your life. Like, um, I don't need someone in my life just to be there. I, I want to attract someone who's unequal to me. And yeah, I think I went on a tangent again. <laughs> no, there are no tangents. I promise. I yeah. agree though. I think our, uh, the age that our parents got married or found each mm-hmm. other, I think impacts our timeline we have in our own mind. And um, yeah. my parents didn't get married until like 30 and 31. Um, yeah. And so for me, my whole life, I never felt that pressure of getting married in my 20s. Yeah. But I've always felt like, there's this pressure to sort of be linked up or with somebody. And, um, I, for myself personally, I really believe that, you know, in order to bring in the right person who's right for you and, um, is sort of your equal and parallels you as opposed to being like, I don't ever want anybody in my life that I like need them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be like, I'm relying on them for something. I want it to be like an equal foundation and an equal partnership. And I know for myself in order to really call that into my life, I need to be whole as Sydney. Like Sydney needs to be whole. talking about myself in the third person, but you know what I mean? No, you go girl. So whether that means loving myself unconditionally, being financially stable the way I would like to, um, you know, just being happy with where I am in my life and, and treating myself with that love, kindness, and compassion, you know, that I want and would expect, you know, from somebody Mm -hmm. else, I've got to do it for myself first. And uh, it's interesting to have that perspective. And then you sort of contrast it with people in your life. I'm sure you relate to this, who either Mm -hmm. are getting married and they're pretty young or they feel this intense pressure to be linked up with someone, but they're not doing the work on themselves. Or then they start Mm -hmm. to, um, kind of, I don't know, go out with or date or get into a serious relationship with somebody because they feel like they can't be alone. And so I've always felt kind of odd (laughs) and unusual, (laughs) but I think, you know, you really got to get to a space within yourself first. And then, you know, the timeline and the timetable, I think, adjusts along the way. And I I also really think we're going to live much longer than um, even our parents' generation. So there's no pressure, you know, when it'll happen, it'll happen. And in the meantime, you know, get to know yourself and who you are and what you love and what brings you joy. And um, the right person will kind of follow suit. That's just, exactly, you know, so I think you and I are pretty much on the same page. (laughs) Um, that makes me so happy 
to hear. Yeah. You are your most important relationship, you know? Yeah. And it, it's about learning to cultivate that relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this podcast. <laughs> the whole point of this podcast. You nailed Woo! it. Are there things that you do to really cultivate that relationship with your, yourself now? I mean, um, do you journal, spend time with yourself? I mean, what does that look like for you? Oh yeah. I do a lot of different things. I, I've been journaling my whole life, which is funny because it wasn't until I got into meditation. They're like, you should really start journaling. I'm like, Oh, I've been doing this since I'm like 10. <laughs> I got this covered. A, yeah. But I've always like been journaling, writing down my goals and like what I want, how I feel. So I, that's, that's always been, um, just a way for me to, to sort of connect with myself. Um, I also do things that I actually want to do and say no to things that I don't want to do, which sounds ridiculous. But so important (laughs) because we do that too often. So important. Yes. I always felt like I had to please people. Like if someone asked me, Hey, Lauren, do you want to go out to the bar and grab a drink or beer after work? And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I'll be missing out. I just, I, the wheels would start to turn. I'm like, okay, well, you know, am am I going to miss out on things? Like, what if they really want me to be there? You know, I, I guess I should go. I don't do the shoulds anymore. It's a yes or a no, and there's no in between, which is so freeing. It's so freeing. If someone, you know, like it's, it's, it's crazy. And I just wake up in the morning and go, what do I want to do today? Do I want to go to the farmer's market? No, I don't feel like that. Okay. I'm going to go ride my bike. Like, and that's just how I try to live my life. Of course there are, you know, times that I have to go to the doctor and I don't really want to, but those are things that you just have to do. But for the most part, I, I I really try to contrast those things. Yeah. And I just, I just do things that really make me happy. Sit in the sun, put my feet on the grass, you know, move to California. (laughs) Where it's like Um, perpetually sunny. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to create that space in my life so I, I could do more things that bring me joy. Yeah. No, no plug intended, but but plug accepted. Yeah. (laughs) I love that because you're right. I mean, if it's not a a yes, it's what is that? I've been seeing on Instagram all the time. If it's not a yes, it's a hell no. A hell yes. Or if it's a hell yes, yes, it's it's a a no. Yeah. You got it. Mm -hmm. I I love that because I think too often we do things because we have this FOMO fear of missing out. And Mm -hmm. we feel like if we don't go, will we miss out on the experience? Will our friends or whoever not invite us again, you know, if we keep saying no to things, yeah. um, I think there's a lot of pressure there. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, I just don't go. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. with you. That's it's, good. Like, it's like, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to go. But my friends also yeah. know, like, I don't go to clubs. I really don't like bars. Um, you don't go to clubs? No, I'm like big I'm on like shocked. I'm big on like the blue plate special, like the five thirty dinner. Yeah, like girl, yes. going to bed early because I, I also just don't have the stamina for it. I'm not I'm not built that way. I, I'm I'm eighty five on the inside. So you know, it's about knowing your limits, right? And accepting. We are kindred yourself. spirits. I, I I got that memo like the beginning of this conversation. You and I are going to be lifelong friends. I already decided, yeah. but you know. It's like knowing your limits and accepting yourself for who you are. And then, you know, you say yes to the things that align with that. And then if it doesn't feel good, you say thanks for the invite, but um, let me know how it was, but I'm not going. I'm going to stay in my PJs, you know, and just being okay with that and and not feeling bad or, or, um, you know, making yourself feel bad because you didn't go. Mm -hmm. That's all part of the self-love journey too. I mean, you have to be comfortable with yourself and really know what your values are. You know, you sit down and and like at one point, like I like to just write down my values. I did that in my whole personal development journey. Like, you know, 
do I value partying? No, and that's not how I'm going to spend my money or my time. And I think that's how everyone should just live their lives. Because then mm-hmm. there's no shoulds or feeling uncomfortable or unhappiness. And, and everyone will just be better people and who they're meant to be. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. It's all, it all goes back to that self-love and that whole journey, you know, just to get to a space where you're treating yourself with that love and kindness and, and mm-hmm. that compassion. And, and I think it goes back to what you're really all about, which is if you treat yourself with that compassion and that kindness and you give all of that to yourself, you know, then you can give to the world, right? And you can give to exactly. others and, and you really can, um, I don't know, be of service that way. And yes, exactly. Uh, I just, it all ties in. I'm raising my hands up like, woo, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I wish I could see you right now, but I, I, can, I can feel your arms like in the air, you know, all the way Woo-hoo. down in San Diego, but we're not too far away from each other. So yeah, so, I know you have to make a trip down here. Yeah. You've got to come up here. You got to see LA. Definitely. So I guess with everything that you've done and mm-hmm. this business that you're building and the people that you're inspiring and empowering, you know, along the way, do you feel like you really found your voice in doing yes. all of this? Yeah, I really, really do. I something in my gut just tells me like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. You know, and I think it's going to change over time. I mean, we're human, we evolve, and that's the whole purpose of us being here on this earth. But for right now, I this is my calling, like to make sure that people really realize that they have a purpose in this world and there's a bigger purpose than, than them being unhappy. Like no one should live that way. And I'm excited for this year and the future and all the other exciting things yeah. like this podcast and everything. Yeah. I love that. I love that you keep going back to purpose and your purpose is much Mm -hmm. more than those emotions you're feeling, you know, in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, because whether or not, you know, you realize it, you've, you have something to offer the world and it's unique. And, you know, there are tons of people right within different spaces, lawyers, doctors, um, life coaches, people who, you know, are within spiritual or personal development, but everybody has a unique message and something different to share. And, but it's about, Mm -hmm being confident with what you're doing and um, just knowing that you've got something to contribute and not letting it sort of derail you. And so I love that emphasis that you really put on purpose and kind of owning and stepping into that within your work. And you've totally done it within your life too. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to say one thing that people don't start things because they're like, oh, someone else is doing it. And you touched on that with the podcast. Like, yes, there are other podcasts that talk about, you know, personal development and finding joy in life, but no one does it quite like you. I mean, as humans, I think, I think I read this somewhere that even Shakespeare's work that has been so impactful on who we are as a society, he copied that from someone else. Like they weren't original (laughs) ideas. And I like to tell that to people that, you know, there really aren't any new original ideas, but there's no you and no one's right. going to tell it or share it or blast it out to the world quite like you are going to. And I think that's, that's all that I want people to hear. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. You know, there, no one else is going to do it just like you. And um, mm-hmm. I love that piece of advice you gave. And, um, <laughs> you just moved here from New York to San Diego. Uh-huh. I know you haven't been down here that long, but kind of within the move and all the work that you're doing, how, how do you help yourself stay balanced? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it goes back to kind of doing what feels right in my gut. Um, I don't like to question things. I like to be very decisive. I think uh, 
yeah, I, you know, some days I want to sit at the computer and I'll, I'll do like 10 sessions and I'll write like 10 blog posts and do like two videos. Like that's the day that I'm going to like blast it all out. And then maybe I'd wake up the next day and be like, you know what? I don't want to take this call. And so I go for a walk instead. I also like to make sure that I'm like really connected in nature because that's where I thrive. Mm. Um, but I really came out here to sort of create more space in my life for what I really want to, to come in. That was a big part in, in finding that balance in my life. I didn't feel like I had the balance in New York and, and being out in California has been a part of finding that. Yeah. What are some things that you want to create space for? Yeah, I I just I wanted to create more space for happiness to come into my life. It was a big thing, more joy in my life. I know again, sounds cliché, but it was really true. I felt, you know, being in New York, um I was too accustomed to how life was growing up and and you know, this go 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 attitude and this negative mindset that is just I mean, it's so eminent in the streets of New York city. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to create space for my business to thrive out here. I, I needed to take that step in making myself happy to then grow my business. Because if you're not, if I didn't take the time to do what brings me joy in life, I can't, I can't give back to the world in a big way. So what brings me joy is being outside in the sun, like so simple, but just getting a little bit of that vitamin D and, um, and putting my feet in the grass and yeah. And I, I just, eventually I'd like someone, I'd like a partner in life that right now, I think my biggest thing is, is finding that happiness and just cultivating more and more happiness in my life and, and growing my business. I yeah. just think it's so cool that you got to a place within yourself where you knew that you wanted to make that space and that you yeah. needed to take certain steps to do that. I, mm -hmm. I think so many of us kind of run around like with a chicken with their head cut off and not yeah. knowing that we need to make that kind of space. And so, oh, trust me, I was there. Yeah, I believe it. You <laughs> I know? did that in my life. Yes. <laughs> and now you're on the other side of it and you're yeah. really making that space. I think it comes from also like conquering fears mm -hmm. is a big thing. I don't think people want to conquer things that scare them. And that is a part of growth that is so important. Like taking risks and, and tackling fear is what makes you grow as a human. And, and that's how you sort of figure out like what you do want in life. Yeah. Like maybe this move is a terrible idea, but I did it. And then I'll realize, you know, maybe this isn't where I'm meant to be. Maybe I should move to Alaska. Not gonna happen, but. <laughs> but I agree. You know, it's about that willingness to take those risks and um, to conquer those fears. And uh, do you feel like you really conquered a huge fear by coming out to San Diego? It's funny. This actually, it it wasn't that hard. I know that sounds really, really cheesy, but what was hard for me? So I did something this past year. I did thirty days um, of conquering fear, and I might actually do this within like um, as like a Facebook challenge because it was so um, important to me in my, in my journey. But I, for 30 days, I did something that scared me. Now, I can tell you that growing up, like I was the kid that my mother had to force me. I was so quiet that she had to like force me to talk to people. She would like, we'd stop at like the gas station. And she'd be like, here's five dollars. You're going to go inside and like buy a Diet Coke. Um, and I would have like a panic attack. Like I can't talk to a stranger. Like it. I'm 10, I'm 10 years old. And she's like, go inside. And she would try to force me to do those things. And, and that's what I had to do for myself. I, I mean, it was so silly, but like, it'd be a Tuesday and I'm like, okay, what, what am I gonna do? Something that scares me. It's like, 
oh, a phone call from an unknown number is coming through. I'm going to answer that phone. Like even something as small and minute as that. Yeah. <laughs> really made a huge impact on my life because then things started to get easier. And then at the end of it, I went skydiving by myself without telling anyone else. Because it was oh always God. something on my list. Oh, my God. And by the end of the month, I was like, this is super easy. And I just went. So making this big trip actually wasn't that hard because I tackled all these other little things that used to scare me. And that's just sort of like stretching my my boundaries and like what else I can accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. That is you. So oh you jumped gosh. out of a plane. I jumped out of a plane. So <laughs> I kid you not. I didn't tell anyone. And I, I went because here's the thing, like, this is when I came out to San Diego in December and I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone. But what I did was after I landed, I announced it on social media. Like I put it on my Instagram story, like, Hey mom, I just jumped out of a plane (laughs) and like waited for her to, waited for her to like find it. And about an hour later, she called me and she goes, you did what? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I went skydiving. And I just, you know, I did it. And um, she's like, thank God you didn't tell me I would have had a heart attack. (laughs) No, you were right. Don't tell her. I'm sure she would have slipped out. Oh, but how cool. Oh, my God. I'm just blown away that you did that. And I totally relate to you not wanting to go in as a kid and buy a Diet Coke from somebody because I shared this on this podcast, but like growing up, I wouldn't answer the phone. I wouldn't make phone calls. I'd make my younger sister, who's like about four years younger than me, like make the phone call to order the pizza because I was terrified to talk to people, um, to put myself out there. Um, I, in like first grade, would run out of the class after my mom dropped me off because like I was afraid to, like I had separation anxiety. So like- totally understand what you're talking about. And it's been like a lifetime of putting yourself out there and pushing yourself and proving to yourself that it's okay and you'll be okay and you can handle it. We are some kindred spirits. Yeah, seriously. Like the world is not going to come crumbling down around you because like you went up to somebody and was like giving them money to pay for the Diet Coke. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's about that perspective and building up that muscle and, uh, Oh, how cool though, that you jumped out of a plane. I can't get over it. (laughs) I can't get over it. So with everything that we've been talking about and everything that you have going on, um, what are you most excited for this year? Yeah, I'm just, I'm excited for all of these opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I didn't take this big risk to come into my life. Like I wouldn't be on this podcast with you, which I love. Loving this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We wouldn't be having this conversation. I'm just excited to see where my life goes. Just uh, uh, such a big question. I know it sounds really cheesy, but like I'm excited to grow my business. I'm excited to get more clients. I'm excited to start putting courses out there. I'm excited to start to put more content on YouTube, like little things like that. I'm, oh, so I have, if you know anyone, so we'll put it out there in the universe. I want to travel to Africa this year. It's always Mm. been something on my bucket list. Um, And I'm trying to find a foundation that I can go and volunteer that doesn't require me to go for more than two weeks. So if you, I'm putting it on the universe and in podcast land, if anyone okay. <laughs> knows of, of a foundation I can volunteer in Africa, I'd really love to do that in 2018. Hit me up. Send me a DM. Okay. So you heard it. <laughs> if you know somewhere, let Lauren know. Oh my gosh, Lauren, you have so much yeah. good stuff coming up. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody who comes on Seek the Joy mm-hmm. podcast. What is yeah. your biggest dream? My biggest dream is that that everyone finds joy in their life. Oh, that's so cheesy. I can't answer that. But it's true. 
I want everyone to find their purpose because that's what we're here for and to ultimately just serve others and give back in a really big way. I just want I just want to make massive impact on the world so that they know that they're here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, you're, mm. you are definitely my kindred spirit. I loved having uh. this conversation with you and learning more about you and um, the journey that you've been on. And for everyone that's listening, you know, where can they find you and, and learn more and, and get more involved? Yeah. So um, you can visit my website. It's laurenapeterson.com or follow me on Instagram, which is laurenapeterson underscore. Um, and that's P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. But um, or from me on Facebook, you know, all the social media nuggets. But my website is is where you can find all the goodies. Okay, perfect. And I'll include everything yeah. um, in the show notes so everyone can find you. And um, thank you for coming on Seek the Joy podcast. This is a great oh, conversation. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. We could probably chat for another three hours. We probably hours. could. We, we probably could, which <laughs> just means we'll have to have you back on. Oh, that was so much fun. I had so much fun.